Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. Praise God. I am so happy that you are here joining me today as we study thoroughly the Word of God and its blueprint and its plan for our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's been a little while since I've talked to you, in a sense, one on one, lots of travels. At the end of the year, we had the meetings in Atlanta. Those were wonderful meetings. And of course, last Sunday, I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But it's always nice to be here with you, teaching you the scriptures in a one on one basis. Praise God. And I'm glad that we can have this time together today. I've been so busy kind of running here and there, and the weather, the temperature has been fluctuating, hot, cold, and stuff like that. Well, it temperature really dropped, and so I'm, I'm using my faith to keep my voice going. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That, and some hot tea. Praise God. As we do what we can do to take care of these physical bodies, knowing that we need them in shape, and we need them to be healthy. So I'm going to trust the Lord for my voice to hold up as I was having a few challenges with it earlier um, today due to the inclement weather. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's receive our tithes and offerings and bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. I would like to read a scripture to you concerning uh, the power of money. Now, I, I believe that this year, 2019, you're going to have a lot of money flow into your life. And if you're watching this in a different year, 2022, you know, because we put these on the internet, and as far as we know, they're out there forever. Praise the Lord. I believe if you work kingdom principles, you're being a pattern of increase. But I, I believe as you're watching right now, you're coming into a place where more money is going to come into your possession than you've ever had come into your life before, and you need to, you need to behave properly with money. Now, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 10, verse 19 is where I want to go. It says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Now, some translations say, money answers all things. Well, I know that those who ignore the prosperity scriptures in the Bible, they they dismiss verses, statements from God that are obviously talking about money. You'd have to stick your head in the sand to, to deny that the Lord does have a plan for your finances. But there are some who will say money is not important. That, Pastor Stephen, you shouldn't talk much about money. But see, while they say things like that, that money is not important, thus you know, um, going contrary to what the Word says, when they say that money is not important, then they turn right around on Monday, and they go to work for eight hours, and they work 40 hours a week, I, I don't know, maybe 60 hours a week. Why? You and I both know why. To get some money. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, money is not important to me. Well, then go work 40 hours a week, and at the end of the week, refuse your paycheck if you truly hold to that theology, don't take any money. Just tell, tell your employer, I'm not interested in money. Money does not have my interest or my attention, and I don't want any of it. But see, nobody does that. They take the check, even if they are critics of biblical good teaching. Praise the Lord. But we celebrate the teaching of God's Word, and thus we enter into the promises that are revealed unto us. Money answers everything. Praise the Lord. I know that there are spiritual things that physical money cannot tap into. But if there is a spiritual situation, a spiritual need that you have, you can still take money and buy a book or CD or DVD on a teaching of that spiritual subject, and through the purchase of that spiritual resource, you can now tie into that spiritual truth or that spiritual revelation that comes from the Lord. Praise God. Such as healing. You, you can't buy a healing with money, but you can go buy a, a set of DVDs 
that are teaching on the subject of healing, watch those DVDs, one, uh, one every day for maybe an hour a day, and do that for three or four weeks. And before you know it, you have tapped into the covenant promise of divine health. Praise the Lord. That didn't come through money. It's just that money was an assistance to get you to where you wanted to go. Praise God. You can't buy a miracle. You can't buy a miracle. But at the same time, you can use money to buy an airplane ticket and then to purchase a hotel room to get in a conference or a meeting where a minister of the gospel is ministering, where there's an anointing, where there's a revival spirit, where there's a healing anointing, whatever it is you need, you can use money to get you into a place where an atmosphere of faith has been created for a miracle. So while you cannot buy a miracle with money, you can use your money to get into a place where there can be a miracle atmosphere. So, of course, in so many ways, money really does answer everything. That's why you need it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe this year, as money is coming to you, that you need to spend wisely, spend carefully, spend thoughtfully, spend slowly. Praise the Lord. You know, right now, we're in 2019. Right now is a good time to buy a 2018-year car. Why? Well, nobody wants the 18s now. If you want to buy a new one, everybody wants the 2019. So they're sitting on uh, the lots of dealerships with, you know, $14,000, $15,000 off the uh, MSRP. By the way, nobody pays MSRP, praise the Lord. But you have to kind of think it's kind of funny that somebody bought it last year, maybe just $3,000 under MSRP. Now, that same car, thirteen. dollars $15,000 below MSRP. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Money answers all things. It answers how you're going to get from point A to point B. Transportation solved through the purchase of a vehicle. Solved through what? Through money. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now in heaven, you don't need money because there is a higher level of currency. And that currency in heaven is called faith. And you also use the currency of faith on the earth, praise the Lord, to bring in the manifestation, the things that you need. But never forget, while you're here on this planet, you're going to need the currency of the earth as well as your currency of heaven. You're going to work with the currency of faith, but you're also going to use the natural currency that's in the natural earth, the currency of money. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're going to have to spend money while you're living this life on this planet. But use wisdom. Use wisdom. Apply wisdom to, to your shopping, to your spending. Praise the Lord. Be a good steward with the, with the money that God puts in your hands, and He'll give you more and more and more. But remember, money answers all things from the perspective that money is an amplifier. What do you mean by that, Pastor Stephen? Well, I mean that if you put money in the hands of a sinner, that person is going to use that money to gratify their desires. So the money amplifies what's already in their heart, what they would like to do, but perhaps can't express because of the inability to do it without money. But once they have money, now they can give expression to what's on the inside. So it's an amplifier of what's on the inside. So money is neither positive or negative. It's actually neutral because it simply responds to whoever has it in their hand be it a saint or a sinner. Now, as a saint, as a child of God, as a believer, and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, money in your hands can be used all for good. Praise the Lord. You don't have to take it and buy cigarettes. You don't have to take it and buy whiskey. You don't have to take it and buy, uh, you know, foolish things like lottery tickets. No, you can use it for good. And you can operate on kingdom principles of biblical economics Pay down debt, pay off debt. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus is taking you to a debt-free lifestyle, debt-free home, all credit cards paid off. Uh, the Lord is putting His people's financial house in order, and it is a joyous thing. Praise God. But money amplifies what's in your heart, your ability to give. So when you have money, now you can express that 
desire on the inside. It's now released through the ability to give through money. Praise God. So money is really an amplifier. God wants to give you a voice and money also is a voice. Money is an influencer. Oh, you better believe it is. We can take money and we can use it as leverage to bring people into the kingdom of God through television programs, through the internet, through the printed page. And as people read that, listen to that, hear that, or see that, it's, it's leverage, it's influence. It is a word of hope, a word of destiny, a word of faith bringing them to the revelation knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are so thankful here at this ministry for your faithful giving. It is allowing us to be the voice of the covenant, the voice of the Lord saying salvation in Christ alone, eternal life in Jesus and success in life while on the earth and all of it enjoyed through a close walk with God. Praise the Lord. My friends, let's reach a lot of people this year. God's going to give you a lot of money. Praise God. Now let's honor the Lord and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, 2019 uh, on the Hebrew calendar, I believe we're 5779. That, that number in Hebrew actually means to go full circle. Full circle. Okay, so I'm going to give you the mailing address. For some of you, you're going to realize, wow, Pastor Stephen, you're coming full circle. You're right. Praise God. What we have done is that we have moved out of the Mooresville warehouse, our ministry warehouse. We've moved out. We don't need it anymore. Why pay for something that you don't need? So we have moved out of that. Now, if you still send your offerings to the Mooresville P.O. Box 3456, that's okay. We're going to keep that P.O. Box probably for the next 10 years, um, simply because I've got books with that P.O. Box number on it that are out there, and we'll always keep that for at least 10 years. But we have a new address, which in some ways is also an old address. Are you ready for it? It's Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. So if you're mailing in your tithes and offerings, send them over to the new address. If you have a mental slip and they go to the old address, we'll still get them, but everything is now hitting this direction. Uh, once again, Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28, ooh, hallelujah, 28654. I almost gave you the old one, but the zip code 28654. We're back in Moravian Falls because here we own the facility. This is where all of our administrative offices will be at. This is where the internet ministry will continue to stream from. And the television, the television studio is almost ready in Charlotte. We're actually scheduled this month of January to record our first 13 programs. Wow. Lots of excitement. By the way, new email uh, coming out to the ministry partners in just a few days. If you would like to sign up so that you get that, go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, link on the front page called sign up for the email newsletter, and you'll get it. We'll send, you, we'll send it out to you, and you can see through a time-lapse video the construction of our new television set in Charlotte. Very, very exciting. And that's all possible because of your giving. Oh yes, you and me are sharing together in all the souls that are saved and lives that are touched. When I get to heaven and you get to heaven, we're sharing re rewards. I cannot do what I'm doing without your help. Praise God. We are partners together. We share in the rewards together. And as lives are touched around the world now, not just through the internet and books, but also through television, that's all coming back on you as reward that when you cross over uh, to heaven and, and receive your reward, you're going to be really, really happy that you worked kingdom economics and dynamics because you're going to have a harvest. You're going to have a reward for you in heaven. Praise God, an eternal reward. Praise the Lord. Now, those of you that are sending in your tithes and offerings online, please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, and there's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there right now and bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. Praise God. A little hot tea to work on the voice here. 
praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, bless your people as they are tithing, as they are sowing seed. Bless your people, Father, with overflow and with lots and lots and lots of money. Lots and lots and lots of money. Father, bless your people with lots of money. We thank you that money answers all things. And we thank you, Father God, for that empowerment to amplify the kingdom message around the world. And also for expression and beauty and creativity released through us through the proper amplification of money. Father, we give you praise and we rejoice in everything that you rejoice in. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And we all agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to the book of Acts today and talk about prayer. I want to discuss the subject of prayer. We are in the new year. This is a time that you need to be sensitive to the Lord, to the plan of God for your uh, unfolding of your life this year. And it's very important to be in a mode of prayer. Praise God. We're going over to the book of Acts chapter 6. And let's start in verse 1 today. We're going to talk about the prayer high life. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we're asking that your Holy Spirit would come with illumination, that we can see the scriptures clearly, plainly understand them, and take them and apply them to our lives. Thank you, Father God, that you're taking us higher. We give you praise. You're taking us from glory to glory, not from a mess to another mess. No, Father, you're taking us from glory to glory, and we're going to live the prayer high life. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now say, I receive revelation. Praise God. Verse 1, now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve, that would be the twelve apostles, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Praise the Lord. Very important, my friends, to understand that not everybody in church should be handling church funds. Hallelujah. You know, of course, here in our ministry, we have a dedicated bookkeeper. We have a, uh, we have an accountant that we have on hire. And so we tried to run the books very clearly, very transparently, and very uprightly. Praise the Lord. And we tried to do good with the business of the Lord. It says, whom we may appoint over this business. And so they were told to seek out those who would be good for that position. In other words, that means that not everybody's good with money. Praise the Lord. So you, you want to seek out those that would be good with business principles and business, business ethics, especially before appointing them over something where money is involved. I don't, I don't expect the world to understand this. This is why the world has so many problems. Here in North Carolina, in a certain city, there was a man who was the mayor of a certain city. And when he took, when he was elected as mayor and took that position within the city budget, they had a surplus of $30 million. Everything was healthy. The city was running well. The former mayor, mayor did a good job, but a new mayor has been elected. Within two years after this new guy had been the mayor, the city is now in debt $33 million. Well, he not only burned through all the savings, he now has put the municipality in the negative. How does somebody do something like that in only two years? Because they're not good with money. And they should never be in a position where they are in leadership or in the regulation of funds. Why? Because 
if they do that on a small level, they'll do it on a big level. Guess what he did? He ran for a state office here in our state of North Carolina. And I, I haven't checked the results. I don't know if he won the election or not. Wouldn't surprise me if he won. Why? Because the world, the world in many ways is not smart on this unless you are a business. If you're running a business, you know that you're in business in a sense to increase, not to lose money, but to make a profit and to increase and to grow healthily. Praise God. And if a person, you know, is a CEO and they're not doing a good job, where the board of directors are going to relieve him and get somebody else into the position who can carry the company forward into profits. Praise the Lord. But it is possible now because of a lack of ethics, I think sometimes just a lack of common sense, to put people who are obvious failures in larger positions. What's going to happen in the larger position? Oh, Pastor Stephen, they're going to get it right this time. No, they won't. They'll get it wrong again. Why? They're working wrong principles. If you work the wrong principles, you're going to get you're going to get bad results. Two plus two will never equal seven, no matter how how sincere you are with your efforts to make it to be that. It's not going to be that. Two plus two is always going to equal four. Wrong work will always equal wrong results. You can't take somebody who decimates the finances of a city and then put them in a larger position and just think, oh, well, it'll work when they do it up there. No, no, it won't. It'll be a disaster just like it was over here. Praise the Lord. So, so seek out from among you. You have to seek, you have to look for people that are qualified to lead. Well, they're charismatic. That's good, Pastor Stephen. They, they're good talkers. Well, that, that's nice, but we need principles. Hallelujah. We can't, we can't make this business be a success just because the CEO has a nice smile. <laughs> and maybe he or she does have a nice smile. But you can't, you can't run it on a nice smile. Praise the Lord. Seek out. See, you have to look for qualified people. If you go into a restaurant and the restaurant's failing and the employees are, are mistrained and they're not good and the food's not good, you know whose fault it is? It's the one and only person's fault it comes back to. It's the owner or the operator of that restaurant or franchise. It's the general manager. It's the person who's at the top who obviously doesn't care. Because if they cared, they'd get rid of the person who's, who's the manager running all of this. Praise the Lord. You have to, you have to go always, always to the top. Praise the Lord. And get qualified people into qualified positions. Glory to the Lord. Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. And look, if they didn't have a good reputation, sorry, we're not letting you on the board of directors. Well, I'd really like to be in then. I, I feel like I would do a good job. That's nice. We know you have a good intentions and a good heart, but uh, you know, you have a bad reputation. You, you've started all these projects. You've never completed them. You've done these projects and they've all been a disaster. Uh, so you don't, you don't have a good reputation. Well, that's not fair. Uh, no, it's very fair. Praise the Lord. The, Amer the American culture has begun to drift from the, the footholds, the footings of basic business principles of you have to earn it. You have to work. You, you have to put the effort in. These are all kingdom principles. And when you work them in your life, they'll work for you. Praise God. You see them in the Word of God, just as we see here. Seek out from among you. That means not everybody's qualified. Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. You can be full of the Holy Spirit. You can speak in tongues, but still not have wisdom to deal with finances. So there is dual qualification here. Full of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business. Even if it's the business of something as simple as distributing hummus and chips and pickles and salsa. You know, or whatever else we want to feed them in the following meals. Okay? Even if it's food distribution. 
Somebody's got to buy the food. There's money involved. It's, it's, you know, this is more than just like we're passing out hot meals. We are doing that, but there, there's also money involved. We've got to run this effectively. Effectively. You have to run it like a business. Praise the Lord. You, can, you, you have to have paper trails and receipts. You just can't have guys taking the money and putting it in their pocket and do, doing what they think they want to do with it. And then, and then suddenly money's disappearing. No, you can't do that. I, I know that's what the government does in many ways, but, you, you know, that's all going to change when Jesus comes. I, I'm, I'm not complaining. I, I understand that it's an imperfect system. There's no perfect people. Really, the, you know, one of the main problems we have in Washington, D.C. is just greed. Politicians go there, uh, you know, to serve the people. The salary that they make is, is you know, $70,000, and within two years, they're all multi multimillionaires. Why? How can they get so wealthy when the, when the job only pays seventy dollars or $80,000? Because they all, they're all bought out by special interest groups, Republicans and Democrats. They're just bought out. A lot of these guys are just bought out, and thus they become multimillionaires and, in many ways, just puppets, saying the right thing, but everything's kind of like stuck. Nothing really happens. It's because of greed. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But you have to run it like a business. You have to run it like a business. That's why the government is always terrible when it comes to the government trying to run things in what we would call the private sector. It, it just doesn't work. Why? Because the government is terrible at spending your and my money. Why? Why is that? Because whenever you're spending somebody else's money, you don't have the same, you don't have the same care for it because you don't really value it because it's not yours. So if it works, great. If it doesn't work, if we start a solar energy company and the whole thing flops, despite that we put $300 million into it, who cares? It's just the taxpayer's money. It's the people's money. Let's go do something else. See, you cannot run a real business like that. Praise the Lord. I'm having fun just talking today. That's why I, I, I love the U.S. Postal Service. But our U.S. Postal Service financially is a total flop. Why? Because it's not run to make a profit. It's just, it's just run so that we can get an envelope from here to there. But, you know, FedEx, UPS, DHL, these different carriers, they're in business. So that they have to make it work and make a profit. So they're doing well. But the U.S. Postal Service every year, you know, deficit, deficit in the billions of dollars. Praise God. Well, I believe the church should lead by example. I believe that we should have our lives in order. The church should be in order. If the church is in order, it's really also, you know, the church is made up of individuals. And we want the Lord to work in our business, to help our business be in right order. Praise God. Verse 4, this is what the Apostle said, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Now, the twelve Apostles, Peter, James, John, Andrew, all these great guys, on and on it goes. They're very, very humble men, but they also know who they are. It's not fitting for an Apostle of the Lord who's called to minister in, in apostolic power and miracles and signs and wonders. It's not fitting for an apostle to be handing out a plate of beans and rice. That, that's out of order. Let, let somebody else do that. Let somebody else do that who's maybe uh, in the helps ministry, who's just getting raised up and who's learning the ropes of kingdom serving. Let them do that. But it's not proper to take a great man or a great woman of God. Uh, it's not, let me give you an example. It wouldn't be proper to take Billy Graham, who speaks to thousands in mass stadium crusades, and have him, you know, passing out, passing out food, you know, uh, uh, the people that are at a homeless shelter. Why? Anybody, anybody that ha would have a heart to serve can do that. But not everybody can stand before, you know, 80,000 people and say, if you want to receive Christ as your Savior, step forward now, and then half the stadium comes forward. Sometimes a whole stadium coming forward. That's a different, that's a different grace gift. 
And I, I believe we need to recognize that. That's one of the main attributes of wisdom. What is wisdom? The ability to recognize difference. Difference. Billy Graham's different. Now, I know he's in heaven now. But you don't take Billy Graham and have him over here passing out the little bitty, you know, three-page gospel tract. No, no. Don't send him after one person. Send him after 100,000. It's wisdom. The ability to discern difference in people. Praise God. Different levels of anointing. Hallelujah. But see, the apostles are saying, we will give ourselves, what? Continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Now, this denotes continual prayer. Glory to God. This very scripture here in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, is why Stephen Brooks doesn't play golf, although golf is a wonderful sport. But I don't play golf. Why, Pastor Stephen? Why? Is it evil? No. Is it a sin? No, it's, I think it's wonderful. I think it's probably relaxing. I think it's uh, can he, uh, probably even uplifting because of the beautiful, you know, landscaping and uh, all the nice green, the green grass and all of that. But for me, it would be a distraction. It would, it would be a distraction. I think the more that you want to move into a line of apostolic order, uh, it's a very tight line where you do have free time, but you don't really have a lot of time uh, for a lot of free time. Maybe that's a good way to say it. You can't just really goof off. You know, you can't just like slip away for four or five hours of golf. Because you're neglecting something if you do. I'm not saying you can't be an apostle and not play golf. But I know, I know a man who's an apostle who really loved golf. And the Holy Spirit really dealt with him one day about it. And just, you know, from the perspective of you're too much into this. You know, if you're not playing it, you're watching the golf channel. And um, for him, it was just a distraction from his apostolic ministry. And... Uh, so he, he just he said, Lord, he said, I'll give it up. And he and he he didn't just like, uh, you know, make it like a mild commitment. He made a serious commitment. He said, Lord, I'll never touch it again because because you're right. It is distracting me. And because it has distracted me greatly, I'm going to give it completely up. And he did. And you know what the Lord did? The Lord gave him right after that as a ministry headquarters a nine hole golf course. Now, it wasn't an 18 hole golf course. But it was a nine-hole golf course, very, very beautiful. And I, I even spoke at his church. He had, he had his own uh, golf center, uh, pro club with all the equipment, all the beautiful shirts that you can buy and shoes and, you know, golf trainers, golf pros, and had, had the whole thing and never, ever lifted a golf club. Wouldn't do it. He said, I've given it all up to the Lord, and the Lord gave it back, but not for me to just to go back into it. Just he like he knows I just like the atmosphere, but he doesn't play golf anymore. Isn't that interesting? Hallelujah. Praise God. That's apostolic. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, last Sunday, I was ministering in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I, I was teaching on Mark chapter 1, verse 35, where Jesus would get up very early and pray. And I taught on that extensively, and then gave the people an opportunity to get into what I call the night school of the Spirit. Now, if you didn't see that message, that's okay. I want to give you an opportunity to jump on board also. Because if you didn't see that message and you didn't jump on board, you're six days behind. What we're doing right now is we are in a 90-day session, 90 days where you get up early in the morning before the sun ever comes up, and you get your prayer time in before the sun ever comes up. So if you want to pray for 45 minutes or an hour, you know, you just make a commitment between you and the Lord that you're going to get up every morning at that time, whether it's 3 o'clock, 3.30, you know, whether it's 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, whatever it might be, but you get your prayer time in. And you spend time with the Lord before the sun has ever come up. You've already got your prayer time in. And so uh, many people committed to that. Many people online committed to that. And so we're on uh, 
you know, like day six or something like that. So if you want to jump in on that, I want to encourage you to do that. Praise the Lord. I believe that the apostolic carries divine order. You see the Apostle Paul instructing those in the church with statements like this. He would say things, when I come, I will set things in order. I, I believe that's part of the apostolic, to put things in kingdom order, to remove worldly clutter, soulish clutter, and to help get your life in kingdom order. And look, that, that includes your money, that includes your heart, that includes relationships, that includes your worth your work ethic. It, it just includes everything getting into order. And most importantly, your walk with God, getting that in order. And that, that has got to have a prayer foundation. Prayer and the Word, we see both of them mentioned in this verse. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word, the study, the teaching, the preaching, the proclamation of the gospel through the Word of God. Praise God. So, I want to give you an invitation to join with me on this 90-day journey. I believe that as you do, you will touch the apostolic grace that helps put your life in order. What does order create? Order creates an excellent spirit. See, it was said about the prophet Daniel that the king himself said, Daniel, you have an excellent spirit. What is an excellent spirit? It's when you have a lifestyle of order, and you do it day after day after day of order, order, order. And yes, that includes making your bed. It includes not allowing the laundry to pile up to a, you know, 20-foot mountain. It just includes washing the dishes. It includes getting your work done. It, it, it just, it's the whole package. It, it includes your life, showing up on time, order, order, order. And if you stay on that order, 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 eventually you will move into what is known as an excellent spirit. If you touch that, you're touching apostolic. Apostolic, praise God. You see it in the prophetic, absolutely. Daniel being a prophet, excellent spirit. Therefore, we know he has order. After all, if you're serving the king, you can't show up late. You can't show up with your clothes all messed up, your hair out of order. Everything's got to be right to be in a standing like that and to conduct yourself in a worthy manner. Praise God. Order. Glory to God. We also see it in the life of the prophet Elijah. When the altar of the Lord was in ruins and Elijah is speaking to the children of Israel and he's going to ask God to do a miracle to consume the sacrifice. Well, before we can set up the sacrifice, we have to put the altar back in order. It's completely fallen down, broken down, and in ruins. So all the stones, if you read, they were built back up and put in order, each stone representing one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And there's an order. You have the oldest. You have Reuben, and on down, you know, being the, the eldest son, going on down. So let's put the stones in order. So there's prophetic order moving into apostolic order. And that will include your personal walk with God coming into divine alignment. We see it right here. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So I want to encourage you, set, set a foundation in your life. Set a, re a routine in your life that is a grace routine. Get up early in the morning with me and many others and spend time with the Lord in prayer. Spend time in fellowship with God. Flow in the glory. Move into that grace where there's a teaching anointing early in the morning. And do that for 90 days. Do that for 90 days. And I believe at the end of 90 days, if you'll do that every day with, with no more than three misses, I believe you will graduate and receive a spiritual diploma from the Lord that, that solidifies you in a proven walk in the Spirit that releases many benefits and blessings and much righteous fruit into your life. Praise the Lord. So if you want to go back and watch that Albuquerque message, it will be available. But if you have seen it and you're with me, just keep plugging away. You know, they used to say that it takes
it takes 21 days to form a habit. That's, that's not true, though. I know that's a very well-known saying, but, but those scientists who study behavioral patterns have determined that it's not 21 days of repetition that creates a pattern. They say it's right around 66 days. I think that's fascinating because there are 66 books in the Bible. And it takes 66 days to form a pattern, a routine in your life. I found that after 90 days of spending time with the Lord, getting up early, um, for many people they merge into it and it just becomes uh, even after 90 days, it becomes a lifestyle. Is something that they enjoy so much. The fellowship, spending time with the Lord that they never want to, they never want to miss that. Because in His presence is what? Fullness of joy. That's why I'm titling this message uh, today, Prayer High Life. Prayer High Life. Praise the Lord. Because when you spend time in prayer with the Lord, you really begin to enjoy the presence of the Lord. That's where the joy is at. Then you'll find out that every other blessing in life is icing on the cake. You have the main thing, which is your relationship with God. And out of that comes all of these good things, and you can really enjoy them because your walk with the Lord is so close. You know, last week when I was ministering there in Albuquerque, the lady who was the drummer, she was getting a supernatural fragrance because the Lord was releasing supernatural fragrances in the meeting. I, I think, I think probably 98% of the people in the meeting were getting supernatural fragrances. I don't know, maybe even a hundred of the percent uh, of the people, but the fragrances of the Lord were going all over the place. Each fragrance, of course, having a prophetic meaning. And so, after the service, the, the drummer, she came up to me and said, she said, Pastor Stephen, I'm getting the fragrance of aftershave. And she said, I've never had that one before. She said, some of these other fragrances that you were describing, I was catching those in the service, but I, I've never had aftershave. What is aftershave? What does that mean? What does that symbolize in the spirit realm? Good question. Aftershave is different from cologne. A cologne, whether it's a women's cologne or like, how can we say a men's cologne, women's perfume, kind of like will surround you with within a few feet. It's nice, kind of creates a nice, beautiful fragrance buffer around you. But aftershave is different. Aftershave, if you shave and you splash it on, it it almost stings a little bit. But aftershave is real close. It's a fragrance that's real close. And that's what aftershave means. The, if you ever smell aftershave, whether it's Old Spice, you know, some of the, how can I say, Walmart versions of aftershave, Aqua Velva, you know, and, you know, Brute or whatever, you know, there, there's, there's high-end aftershave, of course, as well, too. That's nice stuff. But whether you use any kind of aftershave, it stings, it's real close. That, if you smell that, that means the Lord wants you to have a real, super close walk with Him, where you're just like, whoosh, real close. Glory to God. And I believe that we, we need to always stay close to the Lord. But you can't do that if you're having major prayer gaps. If, if you're only praying like one day out of the week, you know, once every 10 days or something like that, you're not going to have that close walk with God. Where, where I mean, the Lord can get so close to you. I'm not even talking out here. I'm just talking up here. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Enter into this by the grace of the Lord. Come on into it by the grace of the Lord. I believe that when you practice this, Acts 6, verse 4, I believe that you are entitled to certain benefits. Now, we know this was apostolic lifestyle because it's actually mentioned here in Scripture. So we know that this is something that the apostles are practicing. Therefore, Acts chapter 5, verse 22, I believe manifestations in their life as a result of their walk with the Lord can also be manifestations in your life when you replicate that same walk. Acts chapter 5, verse 22, But when the officers 
came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely, and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Praise the Lord. I believe that as you walk with the Lord, pray continually, spend time in the Word. I believe that prison doors that are closed are going to open. And because of your prayer life and the, the anointing that's generated by your prayer life, there will be no prison that can hold you or your loved ones or those that you pray for. Praise God. I believe that this is a time for prison doors to open. They have to open because you are in there and you are the man of prayer. You are the woman of prayer. It's a true story that Charles Harrison Mason, the man that God used to establish the denomination known as the Church of God in Christ, this was a man that was devoted to Acts chapter 6 verse 4 of living that as a lifestyle of prayer, 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 and ministering the Word, to the point that when they arrested Mr. Mason under false charges and put him in a prison cell in a basement beneath the jailhouse itself with a deliberate attempt to suffocate him from lack of oxygen and lack of air coming in, that God sent a tornado when he prayed down there and blew the jail completely away, and he was unhurt. Praise God. I believe that when you're a person of prayer, that these types of things happen, and that there is no prison that can hold you. Even soulish prisons within your own soul, or maybe something traumatic that happened to you at some point in your life where you saw something that shocked you, traumatized you, or you heard something, and maybe because of that, a phobia, a certain fear came into your life, and therefore there could be a prison even within your own soul. Well, I believe that when you pray, and you spend time in the Word, but when you continually pray, when you're really praying, I believe there is, there is no prison that can hold any part of you that you come completely out. Glory to God. And I really, I really believe this. I really believe that in order to set others free, you have to be free yourself. You really do, or else you're going to be like the seven sons of Sceva, running around trying to cast a demon out, and he's like, hey, you, you, you can't cast me out. You can't, you, and you know, the demon turns on them. No, you have to be free. You have to know the Lord, and you have to walk close with the Lord, and then you have these types of results where there is no prison that can hold you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, they found where the apostles had gone to. They escaped out of the prison. Verse 25, so one came and told them, saying, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. I believe that when you pray, and you have a strong prayer life, you are anointed for soul winning. You are anointed for the teaching of the gospel. What is teaching? It's explaining the scriptures. What is preaching? It's proclaiming the scriptures. But there is a great need for explaining, because it's not like, you know, believers really understand what this all means. To explain it to them in simple terms, the gospel message. To explain the gospel, and then to give them an invitation to receive Christ, and to do that with boldness and love and grace. That takes prayer to flow in that. This is why you need to live the prayer high life. Praise God. I want to share one more verse with you. Then I would like to pray for you today. This verse is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I really feel so happy to be able to talk to you today. To be able to come before you one-on-one -on -one and share the Word of God with you. I say this, and I really mean this. I, 
I miss being able to speak to you when I'm you know out traveling and uh, those times I have to jump out maybe jump to another state maybe jump to another country I miss those times of being able to talk to you so it makes my heart very very happy to speak to you I know that I'm talking to you through the camera but and I know that many of you are spread all over the country of America and all over the world we have online church members and ministry partners all over America in Australia in England in Europe in Asia in China even praise God and in Africa praise God but I feel your heart by the Holy Spirit and I feel your love by the Holy Spirit and I received that and I received your prayers and I think I thank God for them thank you for praying for me and my family and for this ministry praise the Lord hallelujah now second Corinthians chapter 3 let's take a look at verse 18 praise the Lord verse 18 but we all that's the believers with unveiled face in contrast to Moses whose face was veiled but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed now let's stop just for a moment but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the unveiled face is a reference here to honesty a reality check where we look in the mirror at our own lives at our reflection and we ask ourselves honest questions am I really praying as a child of God as a saint as a believer is my prayer life strong am I really measuring up to the fullness of the stature of Christ or am I just kind of like goofing around and I'm not, I'm not really taking this serious my friends I want to tell you something very fascinating about the Lord and your walk with God what you put into it is exactly what you'll get out of it and God knows when you're giving your best and he also knows when you're just you know playing around you, you maybe can fool a boss, an employer. You maybe can put forth a fake presentation before others, but you can't do that with the Lord. You cannot do that with the Lord. And if there's, if there's lack of reward, if there's lack of blessing, I believe that we need to look in the mirror of the Word of God and look at, and look at the reflection of ourselves and say, am I giving God my best or can I do better? hallelujah am I going to hit the prize the mark of the high calling that God has intended for me or am I just going to play with my life and just somehow think that one day I'll get serious my friends you must rise now you must rise now to the call of the spirit glory to God and I believe that you are I believe that you're doing that right now this year you're going to walk closer with the Lord than you ever had before you're going to have more money than you've ever had before and you're going to have more joy peace and happiness than you've ever had ever in any other year in your life glory to God hallelujah but we all with unveiled face that's a reference to being honest and being being candid with our current spiritual condition beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed so there should be a change an onward change now watch the kind of change that God wants you to have transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord okay this changes from glory to glory the change prayer time in the word walking real close with God a change where you go from glory to glory but but this is what a lot of believers think they think they're going to go from a mess to glory that's not what that says it is God's intent for you not to go from a mess to a mess I think we would all understand that but neither is it God's plan for you to go from a mess to glory it's time for your days of a mess of wrong turns wrong detours poor choices bad decision making it is time where that is cut off 
forever in the name of Jesus. Say, I receive. Hallelujah. You're walking in the light. You're walking in the wisdom of God. You're walking in the glory now. So what happens? You don't go from a mess to glory. You now go from glory to glory. No more messes. No more messes. No more big problems to clean up. No, no, no. Now, you will have problems in life. Things in this world could try to give you trouble. Even, even Jesus said you could have daily trouble. But we still overcome that through the grace, the wisdom, the anointing of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And your life is just not one mess after another. It's glory to glory. Glory to glory. Good getting better. Getting better, getting into greatness, getting in the greatness and getting greater glory. May this be your year of greater glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God forever. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Brightness, light, illumination by the Spirit of God. Wise decisions being made. Glory to God. Joy, laughter, peace, and happiness. Prayer, prayer, continual prayer, knowing the mind of the Lord, diverting disaster. Mm. Hallelujah. Going around the net that because you're spiritual and you pray, you see the snare, the net, the enemy laid before you. And thus, as it says in scriptures, the, the birds avoid the snare that they can see. Even a bird with a tiny little bird brain can see, oh, that's a snare that he laid out to trap me. But see, even when the enemy covers the snare with camouflage, because you pray and walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit quickens you, and you're not trapped. You go around it, or you have a complete loop the other way, and on you go from glory to glory. I call an end to your car accidents. You'll never have another car accident. Hallelujah. I call an end to strange and unexplainable injuries. And accidents that have been bef that have befallen you before, I call an end to that in the name of Jesus, and I see you going from glory to glory. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. You will not die young. You will absolutely not die young. You will live out your full number of days that God has ordained and decreed for you. And that plan, my friends, is a long life. Say, I receive. Praise God. Glory to God. You have a lot to do. We are moving now into the fullness of the last days. These are the days typified in Scripture through the feast of the Lord and the last day's movement is the last day feast of tabernacles, sometimes called the Feast of Booths, because they would have the little booths or tents made out of palm branches. And it is also called the Feast of the Ingathering. And it would take place during the great harvest season. My friends, this is the time to see millions and millions of people won for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the time for the glory to come upon the church. See, a star is always most brilliantly illuminated when the darkness of space is at its darkest. And in that darkness, you have that cluster of brilliance, that star that shines. And that's why Isaiah 60 Chapter 6, it tells us that there will be gross darkness in the earth, but the glory will be upon the people of the Lord. The glory will be upon you. The light, the light will be all over you. The light of the Lord, the light of His glory will be all over you. This is your time to be a star in the kingdom. This is your time to shine with the wisdom of God, the glory of God all over your life. You're going from glory to glory. 
Praise God. Praise God. Your taste this year will be sweet. God will remove the bitter. He will make your life sweet. Glory to God. Your situation is turning right now. Hallelujah. I declare that over your life as a servant of the Lord with His anointing on my life. Your situation is turning for good. Shout, yes it is. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we thank You. We thank You. My friends, this is a year where you're going to have more time in prayer than you've ever had before, and you're going to love it. There will be a grace, a smooth, warm oil flow, like warm oil flowing. That's what it's going to be like, just praying, praying. That's why it's very, very important to get up early to pray, where your mind is not busy, where your mind is calm, and you can just pray. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to invite you to join me in these early morning prayer sessions. As many people from all over the world are up early in the morning praying, be strengthened and encouraged knowing that your brothers and sisters in Christ are also up praying as well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Father. Let Your grace come. Let the glory come. Let us meet You in the secret place. Father, let Your people begin to shine brightly in this kingdom hour that they have been destined to live in and to do great exploits for You. In Jesus' name, thank You, Father God. Establish Your people in prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Some of you, you've drifted. It's time to come back. It's time to come back, and it begins now. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Now, let's take communion. I'd like to invite you to grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and we're going to pray over it and bless it, and we're going to receive Holy Communion today. Let's do this together. Father, we thank You for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ, the head of the church, our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Father, that Jesus said, This is my flesh. Eat it. This is my blood. Drink it. We thank you, Father God, as we spend time with you in prayer. The fellowship is so rich that it is the life of the branch. It is the life of the vine flowing into us. You are the vine, we are the branches. And that life blood flows in through fellowship. We thank you, Father. We'll meet you in the prayer closet. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father God. Let us not be entrapped by the low level living of the world that does not know the grace, the pleasure, the joy of being in Your presence. Father, we give You praise for the high prayer life. Father, we thank You. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's take the body of Christ. Father, we thank You for it. We receive the body of Jesus now. Hallelujah. Let's receive. We proclaim His death till He comes. Hallelujah. Through His death is life. Glory to God. Woo! Pastor Stephen, I don't feel like praying. That's what the cross is for, to experience the death, the crucifixion of the carnal, soulish life, and find the true life. Jesus said, if you try to keep your life, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, You'll find it. You'll find what? You'll find the real life. Glory to God. Mm. I, don't envy, I don't envy any sinner on this earth who doesn't know Christ. I don't care how much money they have. I do not envy any sinner. I, it doesn't matter how happy they appear. I do not envy any sinner on this earth because true living only comes through Christ Jesus. And you don't even know what real life is until, until you're tied into the vine, Jesus Christ, and you drink from Him and experience His life. You don't even know what life is. 
glory to God. You may think you do, but you don't. Hallelujah. But it can be experienced. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive him now. In his name, amen. Let's drink. Praise God forever. If you're watching right now, and you're intrigued about this man named Jesus, who is the Son of God? Yes, who is even God himself. And you would like to know him as your Savior. Then say this prayer after me. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive you now. Come into my heart. Give me your eternal life. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Say amen if you've prayed that prayer. Jesus has washed your sins away. Your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise God. And now, you need to be plugged into the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. Begin to study the Bible. Begin to search the Scriptures. And begin to pray. And God will connect you with the right friendships and the right relationships in His kingdom. Praise the Lord. My friends, thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. I pray that you have a wonderful week. And that you live the prayer high life. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.